Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Unauthorized Disclosure Podcast. I'm Kevin Gastola, and I'm joined by Rania Kalik. Hey, Rania. Hey, Kevin. We wanted to do, uh, this is just a little short bit that we're putting out for everyone. It's a follow-up to uh, interview and conversation we had about the Planet of the Humans documentary last week. Uh, but first, just to let you know, there's going to be a larger sec, uh, a larger 30-minute episode that we're going to put out on our Patreon page that'll be for just patrons. So if you are a patron, you'll have access. If you're not a patron, we encourage you to go subscribe or become a patron and support us on a monthly basis. Uh, you can just give a small amount per month and you'll get access to all of the exclusive content that we put up every month. Uh, and so we'll get to that. Uh, that'll be uh, on uh, several issues after we're done talking about the documentary. But uh, Ronnie, you finally got a chance to watch this film. Unfortunately, we talked to Josh Fox. Josh Fox has become a, uh, a, a vocal opponent, an aggressive opponent of the film. Um, it's unclear exactly what he wants to do, but it seems like the campaign well, is I think they, somewhere. It seems they want they want the film taken down. I think they want censorship. Tell, yeah? They want censor. Well, so at first, to be clear. He got Films for Action, which was a distributor of the film, had posted it on their website. Although the, 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 the most of the distribution for Planet of the Humans, which is a, for those who aren't familiar, it's a film about how the green movement has failed to confront capitalism, essentially, and, and, and the way it is responsible. And moreover, how it's been co-opted by, that, by capitalism. That too. Is more, yeah. that, that, that too. And so Films for Action took it down because of Josh Fox's campaign that was led with other voices signing on. And then they put the film back up on their website. Uh, and they said that they were doing so because they wanted to encourage media literacy and further conversation around the film. And they did think that parts of it contained misinformation, but that they didn't want to outright... Uh, be accused of censorship. So they put it back on their site. And then uh, now he uh, Josh continues and these other voices continue to want Michael Moore to retract. And Naomi Klein, yeah. I think, signed a petition. I'm like, real, I'm pretty shocked by the calls for censorship. Naomi Klein also signed, I believe, right? Am I right to say that? She signed a petition along with Josh and others calling for Michael Moore to retract the film because he posted it on for YouTube, on his YouTube page for free. Yeah, so let's just begin broadly because we don't have Josh Fox here. We don't have somebody who opposes the film as militantly. And I think this is our opportunity to talk about what the film is actually trying to do and why parts of it are valuable. Because I, last week, I agreed with a few of the things that Josh had to say, but I don't think that it is a... So the... What's being put out there, which I think is slanderous, is that Michael Moore is flacking for the oil and gas industry, that he's putting forward fossil fuel talking points in the film. And I have two main issues with that. And then let me hear your reaction to the film. The, the one is Michael Moore didn't make the film. He just put his name on it as an executive producer. Uh, that kind of cuts both ways. I mean, he put his name on it to help get millions of people to view it so i guess he's responsible for the content but it's jeff gibbs's film who has been a producer of earlier films from michael moore like bowling for columbine 
and Fahrenheit 9-11. So it's really Jeff who's responsible for the way the film was made and what is in the film and what you disagree or agree with and what you think is factual and not factual. Um, and, and, and Michael Moore saying that he is someone who's putting out fossil fuel talking points because it somehow aligns with what the fossil fuel wants to see happen with the renewable energy industry or whatever is a bit like saying that, you know, you and I, when we critique U.S. foreign policy, are putting out Kremlin talking points. That's how mm-hmm. I view it, because it's yeah. it's just a way to not acknowledge the intent and what we're, what was being discussed. All of what is being done in this film happens within a critique of capitalism. And so to act like there's any shared interest here between the fossil fuel industry and the makers of this film... I think that's just ludicrous because there's there's no way you could say that a executive of Exxon Mobil wants to ask people to go watch this film that suggests continuing to consume at mass quantities is a recipe for our extinction. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that this film was really interesting. I wish I had had a chance to watch it uh, before so I could have engaged more in the conversation that you and Josh had when we had him on our show. Um, I'm, I'm upset to see the calls for censorship. Like, even if you disagree with something, even vehemently disagree with it, we really shouldn't be calling for censorship. That's the opposite of what we should be doing. We should be having lively debates about it. Like, why can't we have a lively debate? Why can't there be people on both sides of this talking, I don't think it was fair to characterize this as climate denialism. It's not. I mean, if you watch the film, it's pretty obvious. The person, the entire narrative of the film is that the climate is fucked. Like, no one's suggesting anything about denying climate change or the human impact on it. It's quite the opposite. Um, And I'll say, like, watching the film, there's a lot of it that, you know, there's a lot of things that I've always kind of had in the back of my mind, but I didn't know the extent of it. Like, the fact that obviously these big green, um, like, uh, well-funded organizations like the Sierra Club and 350, like, are obviously, like, you know, in bed with big money. Like, that's, ob- that's been always been, that's always been a very obvious thing. And that's the case with a lot of issues. Like, even with, I think you can actually see the parallel, not just with climate change, but with other issues, like even privacy advocacy groups, like for, for like, internet privacy are often funded by Silicon Valley companies that are in bed with the government sharing our information and sharing our information with all kinds of um, like advertising firms and stuff. So I think like what you're seeing with this is very accurate in the sense of, okay, you have fossil fuel, the fossil fuel industry and capitalists, billionaires, wanting to get in on the profit of renewable energy and I use renewable in quotes, but Also, it's a common theme, like you have big industry often funding this kind of stuff because it's in their best interest, just like you have Silicon Valley funding privacy groups, you know, just like you have, um, I mean, what are other examples of that? I know there's like lots of examples, like the anti, you know, the smoking lobby funding anti-smoking campaigns. Like it's almost like so you can control that opposition and make money off of it um, and keep it within a certain parameter. So that didn't really surprise me so much. What I found really devastating about this film is just how, um, like, I didn't realize how, so, like, I, I kind of knew, you know, electric cars were bullshit <laughs> in the sense of how much they could actually save the environment. 
but like all of the renewable alternatives that we have can't actually like do anything. I think the overall theme of this film, which was so disturbing, which I wish wasn't being overshadowed by all the, you know, angry pettiness is that all of the green movement is about sustaining our current lifestyles, just using renewable energies to do it. But if those renewable energies are bullshit at the end of the day, then you can't, you don't actually have any alternatives to sustain our current lifestyle. What green, the green movement, if it was like actually trying to save the planet should be pushing for is changing our entire system. And that's what obviously it makes sense that capitalists and billionaires in the fossil fuel industry would be backing initiatives that can maintain our current levels of consumption under the illusion of saving the planet when that just isn't possible. Like at the end of the day, capitalism and saving the planet for humans do not work together. And I mean, that should be obvious. This is something we've all known, but this film really brings it together. And I think that we should hold the leaders of the environmental movement accountable for turning towards billionaires and capitalists uh, and kind of like shutting up about changing the system because they don't really talk about that anymore. And I think this is why. Yeah, I was really stunned. And what I find to be the most compelling part of this film is that section after the one hour mark where they go through all the different green funds and mm -hmm. the the and you have Mike Bloomberg and Jeremy Grantham and Richard Branson and then you've got Blood and Gore. Oh. You got Blood and yeah. Gore. Remember, you have David <laughs> yeah. Blood and then Al Gore. They have these like Generation um, Investment Management Fund. And I, I'm just gonna like again, this is lost in all of the noise about what it, about and, like, about reputation. yeah and yeah. people who have as you described it the, the the pettiness but this is really important that these funds were made available by these organizations like sierra club and 350.org as a way that you could contribute to going green and you were actually buying shares of companies that contribute to the destruction of the planet like mining companies uh, 3M Company is actually a corporation that's been responsible for a lot of pollution. Uh, there's oil and gas infrastructure companies, including a tar sands exploiter named Xylem. There's McDonald's. There's mm -hmm. Archer Daniels Midland. You had Coca-Cola, which is a creator of plastic pollution. There's lots of banks, um, including BlackRock, which is a financier of deforestation in the Amazon. So this was there. This was a fund that was made available um, years ago by 350.org that people could buy into as part of helping the planet go green, helping um, you know, and to encourage. And and then you have Sierra Club that had a similar fund called Aspiration, which I understand was shut down after this film was first screened, but it used to have shares of Halliburton, Boeing. Mm -hmm. Wells Fargo, Chevron, ExxonMobil, Chesapeake Energy is a fracker. Um, then there was Gazprom, which is a Russia gas company. That's kind of incredible to me. And then you had um, an, another company that was involved in incinerating forests for energy. So, uh, and then they get to, there's a section of the film that explores how industry might be trending towards using animal fat oils or using or oh using God. seaweed um and and uh, but you can't use seaweed if the planet is dying and then all the seaweed beds have completely rotted and corroded and fallen away so 
I think Basically, a, I think a point. Added, yeah. Sorry, well, I'm just uh, to to finish my thought here is just to say it really points to how continuing to search for a way out of this by finding other things to consume is the wrong answer. Right. That's that. That's perfectly said. That's the exact. That's the theme that comes out of this movie, and that's why it's so devastating, and that's why it's like. I think that the conversation about that was really mean to Bill McKibben is the wrong conversation. Like it's really the wrong conversation. And the way that it been described, I thought this whole film was literally going to be about Bill McKibben and it wasn't like he was one of the leaders that was interviewed in it. And that, that was like discussed a little bit, but it wasn't a film about Bill McKibben and Bill McKibben's like intentions. It was a film about the entire flawed, idea of what you just said basically trying to find alternatives to continue to consume at the level levels that our societies consume when in fact that is just not possible like we're headed off a cliff and i think at the end of the day i mean you could even open up a broader conversation okay like about the green new deal does that mean the green new deal isn't viable like what does that mean what is the green new deal calling for it's calling for like wind and and solar but after watching this movies or movie and again like i'm not an expert so Maybe the movie is scientifically fraud, but then let's have that conversation. Like, let me see a conversation. Let me see a debate about that between experts. I don't want to see this shutting down and I'm just supposed to listen to whatever this person says and never watch the movie and have it taken down so no one else can see it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if this is flawed, prove that it's flawed. Like, show me that it's flawed. Show me that solar and wind really can save the planet because after watching this movie, I'm very skeptical about those two forms of energy and what they can do. And I think what was really, I think what was really devastating to see is, I mean, is that like, I didn't realize what solar panels were made of. Like, I didn't know they were made of coal. Like, I don't know, I didn't realize you had to burn so much coal to make a solar panel that they only last for like 10 years. <laughs> like, and how little energy they can actually produce. And if that science is all flawed and everything I said is just, is it completely wrong and this movie's feeding me misinformation, then I want to see two experts talking about it. You know what I mean? I want to see, I, like, prove it wrong. Don't just, you know, write articles calling for censorship. Yeah, and it, it seems to me that there is something to this argument that a lot of the coverage of the solar industry and wind industry has footage um, and people talking about it relating to the industry, uh, let's say, seven to ten, if not longer, uh, ten more years ago, um, that, that this is old. Michael Moore has uh, conceded that some of this footage is old, that it comes from 8 to 10. But I think it's also tracking it, – it, it's an, it's establishing a history. Like it's letting us know where we've come from and and how it's based um, – wh- wh- where, where it's based. And, and I think fundamentally um, as, as we wrap our conversation about this film, I, I'd like to see what you think about this – claim that it's wrong for them to leave us with this sense of doom that maybe it's too nihilistic they didn't propose solutions but to me it seems like the goal of the documentary by jeff gibbs again the documentary and then michael moore supporting is that he wanted us to accept that we have a problem because there's so many people that would deny that what the what is discussed in this film is even a problem and you have a green movement that is wed to a democratic party that is just 
the second most enthusiastic capitalist party in the United States. And then you have the whole system of capitalism that we continue to reinforce even as we propose ways to address climate change. I mean, carbon taxes and um, off carbon offsetting and, and all of that, that's, that's a capitalist solution. That doesn't actually change our behaviors and habits so that we can live on a sustainable planet. And there's one more thing I would say to Josh um, and others who have suggested that it's, it's eco-fascism for Michael Moore to, uh, and, and even Jeff Gibbs, to celebrate the moment that we're in where during this coronavirus outbreak we're all at home and everything's shut down and we're seeing that the planet is clearing out, that the, that the environment is looking clearer, that the, sky, the blue skies are, 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 we're finally seeing and you're seeing the pollution clear over cities like L.A., etc., uh, that that's not really like, I don't think that they're suggesting that we need to unleash pandemics as a way to get out of the, uh, the, the, the predicament we're in. I'm not sure that they're suggesting that we need some kind of, um, whatever there's, I'm not really sure what they're trying to say here because when Michael Moore is making this point, I don't think he's proposing some kind of like eco-fascist solution. It's an observation about how you can clearly see what happens to the planet when we consume less. And it points towards the future. Like it, it points towards where we need to go. And he doesn't know how to get there. But that's the conversation that the film is trying to start. Um, I also think like one part of the film that did make me uncomfortable was like when they start talking about the population around the world is just too big. Um, but I don't think that has to be necessarily like a fascist observation. Um, I wish they had clarified a little bit more, like, cause I get nervous with that. Cause I actually don't think that's an accurate thing to say. Like, I think the population for using fossil fuels in the current capitalist, capitalist system we have certainly cannot be sustained with this system. Plenty of resources in the world. It's just a matter of the system that we have. And so the system that we have right now, it's true that like, it can't support this growing population that we have. But if we could change it, then it perfect, it totally could. But I think at the end of the day, like, I'm just, I think this is a conversation I feel like it's been had before about like um, the fact that like we have to change the system. But I don't know if you would agree with me, but I feel like the system about climate change revolved a lot more about 10 years ago around the idea that we have an economic order that cannot, that cannot, uh, sustain the planet like that can't is not sustainable for long-term like human survival and that we have to change the economic system but once all these environmental groups rose up being funded by capitalism you had that message really drowned out and I don't think that's by accident like you don't hear that conversation anymore am I right to say that like at least from my vantage point like I don't see that conversation happening anymore that capitalism is the problem I don't believe it deserves to be roundly discredited, um, and I don't believe that it's going to set back the climate movement as much as people who are influential voices are suggesting it will. And it, the, the, the way I'd end is to say that if you have a chance to see the film, watch it, and then have discussions about it, uh, because in my view, 
if there's things that make people reflect on what the green movement and the climate movement have failed to accomplish thus far, that's that's a good. Like we can only benefit from people looking at how little has been accomplished in the last 10 to 20 years. Yep, I agree. Thank you for listening to this week's Unauthorized Disclosure. We recorded exclusive material for patrons this week. So if you go to patreon.com slash unauthorized disclosure, patreon.com slash unauthorized disclosure, you can become a member and supporter of the show and get access to that material instantly. 